Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, BPJ number 65, that's Ba'ez Pnimi, joint share shear number 65. Uh, this shear is a continuation of the previous shear, extremely important shiurim now, about the real rhythm of relationships. We talked about the three normal phases in marriage, where there's harmony and then disharmony and repair. There's closeness, then a rupture of that closeness, then back to closeness again. We explained that... We all go through these cycles in our relationships, and it's a healthy thing, but we often lack the skills that when we hit that disillusionment stage, which is a very normal, healthy part of marriage or any relationship, we lack the skills of getting ourselves to the next step. We get stuck there, and we have to learn those skills to get back to that repair, to get back to those closeness. When you develop those skills and you work on those skills, you get back to that closeness. And that is what healthy marriage is all about. That is the true, true bracha of marriage. Despite the fact that our culture, and unfortunately even within our own culture, we are not trained this way. We don't think along the lines of this way. We think about... Uh, sort of an unrealistic picture of what marriage should be, and then when we don't see that picture in our real lives, we get all crushed, and we get disillusioned, and this is not the right person, and, 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 and so on and so forth. And the healthiest thing for us to do is to recognize that the true bracha, and you ultimately see it. When will you see it? When you get through the disillusionment period and you get back to that repair mode, every time you do that, you get closer and closer, you get a deeper, deeper knowledge. Like we said, in the beginning, it's knowledge without love. It's, sorry, it's love without knowledge in the beginning. You love the person, but uh, you, you, you didn't really didn't have those um, realistic uh, re- revelations of the flaws yet. Then there is knowledge without love, where the flaws come out, but you don't feel the love anymore. That's the disillusionment period. And then knowing love where you're aware of the imperfections and flaws, but you love them anyway. And we talked in last year about how uh, our false assumptions create this disillusionment and we need to work through to combat those negative things and to recognize that that is the biggest bracha, what Hashem provides for us. He doesn't have us marry necessarily the simplest road where we think it's all easy road and uh, and you know smooth sailing, but it's a deep bracha that you gets revealed. Yes, even in Oilamazeh, if you work through this, if you apply these skills and work hard, you will see the bracha, not just in the next world. You'll see the bracha in this world in a very physical, tangible way, but you have to put in the work. And then when you put in the work and you use these skills, you'll recognize how menashamayim it is. And we also said the first skill is relationship mindfulness. The yesoid of all of this is is to get out of, out of our adoptive child mode into our wise, healthy, functional mode. We explained that the tone of the way you talk to each other will t- be able to tell from that whether you're in that adaptive child mode or a wise adult mode. And we talked about, and we started to talk about, five, uh, five defenses that adaptive child uses that we often use in marriage that drags us down. And the five are, we started to talk, talk about the first one in the previous year, it's being right, 
controlling your spouse, unbridled self-expression like venting, retaliation, and withdrawal. And we started in the last year to talk about the concept of always being right and to recognize that true shalom is to understand that perspective of, of that you won't always be on the same page you'll see things differently. And the last Nakuda that we said in the last year, we want to reiterate now because it's such a true Nakuda that everyone must know. When you change from your adaptive child self into your wise adult, when you become healthy, you're going to experience a certain feeling of loneliness. And that loneliness is a healthy feeling. It's a feeling that I I see my perspective as a wise adult, I understand things a certain way, but I also acknowledge and see that my husband or my wife, as much as we communicate with each other, they'll see it somewhat differently. And that is a healthy, wise adult um, piece of knowledge that, that one becomes aware of. That's a healthy thing. And through that, you create a bridge of allowing your spouse's world to come into yours. But you'll experience a certain feeling of loneliness. In a way, I'm alone because in a way, they don't fully get me in whatever this uh, perspective is. But the key really is what happens to people is, is when they have that child mode, when they feel that loneliness, they let go and they get depressed or they get frustrated or they take their loneliness and they uh, express things and un- escape into unhealthy things. That's an immature, childish way of handling it. When you have that loneliness coming from the fact that you and your spouse see things differently and you trigger your wise, healthy adult self, that brings a healthy maturity. You deal with that lonely feeling. Ultimately, that lonely feeling will come to a feeling of closeness subsequently when you work towards building that bridge, trying to understand each other, acknowledging that you're different, and respecting and loving your spouse with that difference. So that was the first phase of an unhealthy uh, mode of communication that we have to stop. A second one, again, none of these work. They all backfire, is controlling There's two types of controlling. There's direct controlling, where you tell your spouse, shut up, or we're doing it my way, or you better do this or else. That is a direct controlling. And then there's indirect controlling, which is like manipulating. Now, in generally speaking, again, remember every time I speak in generally speaking or stereotypes, stereotypes means there is some truth to it, but it could always be different. But generally speaking, men, when they control, they often do the direct method of control, the aggressive method. And women sort of are indirect. They manage their husbands in an indirect controlling way. Men also could do that. Part of it is passive aggressiveness, where you're sort of manipulating, but you're controlling in that sense. This doesn't help. It's very, very unhealthy. And... The key is to have open communication about the way you feel and to work on healthy boundaries on things and giving each other healthy space and talking things through. The third thing that also does not work is unbridled self-expression, which means basically is that you're keeping score 
and you are holding on to old offenses, you're harboring the past hurts of the past five years, 10 years, 20 years. And this is where the contemporary Terence Real brings this, and I'm pleasantly surprised, and that's why I feel he is solid. And he says this, that these days the psych- psychotherapy field misuses this self-expression terribly. It's a crime. It adds to the crime of creating more ruptures and destruction in marriage. Self-expression is a healthy thing. You need, you need to express your feelings. No one's denying that. But you don't have a right, the way he puts it, Terrence Real, you don't have a right to barf over your husband or wife, to vomit over them because of your feeling, however you're feeling, and to just spew your, your, your garbage on them because you feel a certain way and you're just going to unbridled without anything, just let it go. No, no, it is not healthy and you're keeping score and everything else bubbles out. There's ways to have healthy self-expression. In healthy communication, when you do express what's hurting you, but in a healthy, normal way. But that does not mean when you're angry or when you're upset or when you're in pain that you say anything you want that you will later regret um, you know, saying. And one, as a wise, healthy adult, knows how to monitor this and knows how what the healthy aspects of self-expression is and what the unhealthy aspects of self-expression is. And they learn how to handle that accordingly. doesn't mean you shut yourself down and never express yourself. No, it's a healthy balance. And a mature, wise adult learns how to do that. And a healthy couple learns how to do that. The fourth unhealthy adaptive child mode of, connect, of, 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 of interacting is retaliation. Nikama. I will hurt you the way you hurt me. Why am I doing this? Because I want you to understand fully what you have done to me. Now, this is a perverse form of communicating. You're trying to right a wrong. You're trying to say, I have now power. And you deserve this. And, and, and there's no shame in this because you're saying, I'm really the victim. I'm the victim. I was hurt. And therefore, I am going to push back and give it to you and hurt you because you hurt me to teach you a lesson. Again, like everything else, this too does not help any relationship. It only harms it. There's ways and healthy ways to express when you were hurt. Healthy boundaries, healthy respect, and many shurim discuss this, but the retaliation mode is not healthy. I will say one other thing that's very important, just as a general concept. Some authors say this is, happens 90% of the time. I would say it's more like 70 or 65% of the time. But this is a big chiddush for many people. Many people, when you see a scenario where one person believes they hurt, one person hurt another person. So the hurt party is the nirdaf, is the one that's being oppressed. They were hurt. And a lot of times that's the case. Someone yelled at somebody and and so you know, and it's pretty clear he abused him. So the abuser is the is the is the perpetrator and the and the one who's being abused and being yelled at and being screamed at and being labeled. That's he's there they are indeed the hurt party. But very often what happens is in human relationships is people use that hurt feeling to manipulate the other person 
that they quote-unquote, that quote-unquote hurt them, which makes it fascinating that the one that's the nirdaf, that you think is the nirdaf, the victim, is really the roidev. They're the ones who are actually um, hurting. So in other words, that some people, because they want, they play the guilt trip on another person saying, you hurt me or you, you insulted me, you let me down. In reality, they're blowing it out of proportion. And the purpose of that is to manipulate that person to feel guilty in order to give them something or to enable them, you know, to get something from them. So this is a Nakuda that's very, one has to be very, very careful not to fall into something like that. But Bikitsa, the retaliation is a very unhealthy thing. Another thing that's unhealthy is withdrawing, whether withdrawing from discussing an important topic that has to be discussed, withdrawing from sexual relationships, holding back from the sex and the physical intimacy. This, um, there is something called healthy distance, but healthy distance, when you do have a healthy distance, like I'm taking a time out on something, I'm upset, I'm pulling back, or I just need a break on something. Here is the key in healthy marriages. In healthy marriages, what happens is there's two parts to that. One part is they explain, you know, I am right now very upset. I'm not myself. I need to take a little space. But at this, in the same breath, you'll say in 24 hours from now, I am going to be back. And I'm going to, I'm going to um, talk things through and we're going to reconnect again. You ha- can't have one without the other. You have to have sometimes that space when the emotions are very high. You need that space because you, you're, you're too emotional now to get into that whole um, dialogue about what's upsetting you. But that's the way you do it. The healthy distance is when you're... Number, part one of it is to explain that I am for taking a time, quote-unquote, time out. And then part two is saying that now I'm going, you know, in 24 hours, 48 hours, whatever it is, we're going back, we're reconnecting again. And we will, and we do. And there's a PDF here that Terence Real put out about 10 healthy ways of timeouts that you should look at. And um, so these five things that we talked about, all these five aspects of unhealthy ways, of the adaptive child mode, of being right, or controlling your spouse, or unbridled self-expression and venting, or retaliation and withdrawal, are all unhealthy adaptive mode uh, tools that one needs to be very careful in not falling into, and using your wise adult to activate healthy ways of communicating. So again, I just want to reiterate two main nakudais of the last two shiurim. That is so, so important to remember and to know. Number one is, is that true bracham and hashemayim, what Hashem gives you, is something that you'll see in this world, in Olam Hazeh, B'Gashmias as well, if both of you put in the healthy work and skills. And the healthy work and skills is, is not when you have a harmony and then a disharmony and you get stuck there, but you use healthy skills that we're going to talk about and that we have talked about to get back to the repair, back to harmony, to get back to that closeness again. That is the yesoid of 
marriage. That is the aside of a healthy, good relationship. Every time you do that, back to closest again, back to repair, you get closer and closer, and your and your feelings for each other get deeper and deeper. And that's with knowing all the flaws. This is called knowing love, not the love without knowledge that you had before you were aware of that your spouse is an imperfect human being, and not the knowledge without love where you're stuck in seeing the flaws and it's blinding you in this phase of disillusionment all the time. But it's not a cynical thing. It's a real-life stage that happens to people all the time, and they need to learn how to get past it. They need to say, okay, I'm in this stage right now, But I realized my mature, wise adult self needs to get past this and needs to have healthy skills to get back to that closeness of what we really are and what we really love. Because we love, just like HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves Klai Yisrael, loves them, remembers them with with the the Nashim Tzitkaniyas in Mitzrayim and how they went out without knowing what food they were going to have. And yes, there was later the misaninim and the and the eagle and the, and then the complaining about the water and all that stuff. And the, but Hashem in His rachmim brings back those those warm times and brings us close again. That is a practice in every marriage as well. We come back to it. We come back to that closeness. We come back to that bracha. And another thing is the another nakuda that we said in both shiurim here to remember is that when you feel that initial loneliness of understanding that your spouse doesn't fully understand you on a particular thing or an emotion, not to get derailed by that lonely feeling, to realize it's a healthy, wise, adult feeling, and you learn how to deal with it by saying to yourself, yes, I have my world, my spouse, my husband and wife, they were they were they're wired differently. Hashem put in them a different perspective. We're going to try to bridge with each other and understand and respect each other. But this idea that they don't fully fully get me or I don't fully fully get them, this will not derail you. That little loneliness you feel will not bring you down to escape or to get resentful, but rather to create that bridge, to create that respect and love which ultimately will bring more understanding to one another and a closeness to one another. Bracha and